This is FM Forward, a podcast brought to you by IFMA Boston about the rapidly changing landscape of the FM and how to remain on top of your game. I'm your host, Jackie Falla. This season, we're going to investigate all the ways in which risk can plague your organization, the myriad and chaotic ways in which your business operations could be disrupted, and techniques for avoiding, mitigating, transferring, or accepting these risks in the interest of your company. Each week, we'll talk to an expert in their field, and before we sign off, we'll share three tips for getting it right. Gloria, Bob, Snowmageddon, the mobile destructive vortex of violently rotating winds, nor'easters, tropical storms, rising tides, and full moons. When disaster strikes, will you have protocols in place to ensure business, if not quite as usual, at least continues under these unusual circumstances? Today, we're going to discuss what goes into business continuity planning, how to develop one if you don't already have one, and talk with Ashley Guzman, Business Continuity and Crisis Management Specialist, Liberty Mutual Insurance, and we'll conclude the episode with practical tips for ensuring your company survives and thrives beyond a disaster. Let's get started. Ashley, thank you so much for being here with me today and our listeners to share your experience of preparing for disaster. Disaster sounds pretty foreboding. Let's see if we can keep it a little bit upbeat today. Great. Jackie, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. It is always great to have the opportunity to share the importance of business continuity with others. I had a little experience working in a contracts department when Y2K happened, but I really got into this field after 9-11. I worked as part of the American Red Cross's September 11th recovery program in New York City from 2003 to 2004. After that, I returned to Massachusetts in 2004 to work on a post-9-11 grant program with the Department of Mental Health. I was promoted to Director of Emergency Management Services at the Department of Mental Health in 2005 after work related to Hurricane Katrina. My key duties involved continuity of operations and disaster planning. I found that I liked that side of the work so much that I decided to move into the private sector. After getting certified as a business continuity professional, I joined Liberty Mutual in 2012 as a business continuity project manager. I've progressed to being their business continuity and crisis management specialist. Wow, Ashley, your background is really impressive. I can remember the drama associated with the Y2K computer programming shortcut that sent businesses into a panic. And 9-11 changed our lives and way of thinking about safety and business operations really forever. These work experiences undoubtedly laid the foundation for your current role today. Could you explain for the layperson what business continuity is trying to solve for? Sure. The purpose of business continuity planning is to ensure that a company continues to operate once a crisis has occurred. To do that, most organizations plan for what happens immediately after a crisis design methodologies for crisis management, and develop recovery protocols for business interruptions and engage in mitigation to lessen the impacts of future events. A crisis can be defined as any event that interrupts business operations. 
A business continuity program is a company's holistic process that encompasses all policies, procedures, planning, exercising, and administration of the entire continuity process. Okay, so business continuity is aimed at limiting downtime for a company due to some sort of a crisis. Yes. Super. How do you go about evaluating risk on behalf of your company and developing a business impact analysis, or how would somebody else go about that process? It's a great question. Um, understanding risk is a critical, critical component of a successful business continuity program. Conducting a risk assessment is the first step prior to developing a business continuity plan. To do this, a company identifies what their areas of exposure are and all of the possible threats that could result in a business interruption. For example, the risk to an insurance company, like the one I work for, can be very different than a manufacturing or retail operation that deals directly with supply chains. That being said, we all deal with people and locations and rely on vendors. So natural hazards like severe weather events are risks that we all face. A business impact analysis is the next step after conducting the risk assessment. The business impact analysis evaluates the impact of a business interruption on all key business processes. It determines the level of impact of the interruption on each process, identifies dependencies, and gathers information to develop recovery strategies, which is the next step towards plan development. That seems a little bit complicated. It can be. Can you tell me, um, in the face of that, do you begin by laying it out on a spreadsheet, Ashley, all of the operations and beginning to think about it, you know, holistically like that? Or do you start departmentally? How do you even think about tackling it? Mm, it really can be done in a variety of ways. So that's something that the organization as a whole would need to look at. And that's where experts like me and business continuity can be helpful. Um, in some organizations, they may do it department by part by department. In others, they may look at functions. Most organizations look at it by business process. So in an insurance company like mine, we would look at claims, and we would look at all the facets of a claims department, for example. We might get down to the department, and then what are the segments of that department? What's the key work that they do? And then break it down piece by piece so that it's less complicated or less complex. And we really have a good understanding of what happens at that direct operational level. Um, but really, it can be done in a variety of ways. Again, it really has, you have to assess what makes the most sense for your company or organization. But that's just one way you could look at it. Well, I think that that helped me feel like it was achievable um, just hearing how you said different organizations begin to tackle the, the challenge. Yeah. So thank you for that. Absolutely. And and this is information at you know, business continuity. It seems big and scary, but it's not rocket science. Um, really, anybody can do it. <laughs> uh, it helps to have some expertise and some training. Mm -hmm. But one of the key things is really working with people across an organization to help them to really understand it, because that's really the best way is when it's not just someone like me doing the work as a professional, mm -hmm. but really engaging the business and the organization so that they buy in and they really have a good understanding of what to do during a crisis. So communication and planning sound like are, they're fundamental to business continuity. Absolutely. Terrific. So how do you approach the creation of a realistic time frame for recovery? Hmm. 
In business continuity, we conduct a business impact analysis of all the critical processes in the company, as I said. We typically use a rating system that allows us to understand exactly when, day or hour, the process needs to recover. By rating the criticality of the process, we understand when each process needs to recover, and this allows us to be realistic in our timeframes. The business impact analysis is a combination of assessing the financial and operational impacts of a business interruption or a crisis on the operation. This engagement also helps us to understand the operational dependencies a process has on applications that are used, vendors, and other processes needed for recovery. Wonderful. Can you give me one example, Ashley, of just a single component of a process or application um, and how you go about identifying the time frame for that particular element? Maybe it's a, something that happens at the very top of the food mm -hmm. chain, the, the biggest priority, so that we can um, kind of contextualize how it will all work? Mm -hmm. um, I'll see if this helps. You can let me know. So most organizations have a finance department, or they have some component, right, of, of finance that they Absolutely. engage in. So that could be things like bill paying, that could be taxation, that could be analysis and forecasting um, for budgets. So if you take any of those as a process, um, you can then break that down into, okay, what are the elements of the group that does the taxation piece? Um, and from there, with a business impact analysis, you'll want to know, so if this operation stops, is it going to have an impact on the finances directly of a company? So typically the way that a lot of people look at it is for that particular process, is there money that flows in and out of that particular process? So that would help you understand if there's an impact. Um, and then you would look at operationally what happens in the first few hours if that operation stops. Is there a direct impact on that operation and to the rest of the company? And then you look at that over time. What happens day one, day two, day three? And really, you can look at it over time. It really depends on your organization. Um, for some groups, they may just look in the first day because that's more critical. And for other organizations, they may bring that out to a week, two weeks, to you know 30 days a month or 45 or 90 days. It really depends on what you think makes sense for that company and how they do their business and where the impacts would be. Does that help? It does help. I think it's it, it's very interesting because, of course, some operations may not have any financial mm -hmm. impact um, in the first weeks of an event, but they might end up having impacts on um, sort of the environment that the employees work in. Absolutely. And one of the key changes I've seen over the last few years, as an example, is a, an, a human resources or a communications department. You know, with the growth and the rise of importance of social media, that group would not, a communications group, for example, internally, would not have any impact on finances directly. But in terms of communication, both internally to employees and externally mm. with stakeholders or customers or, you know, markets, then our business partners, um, they may need to get back up and running, you know, very, very quickly in order to be able to do the great job that they do in terms of crisis communications when an event happens. So that's just another example. Absolutely. Wonderful examples. Thank you. Um, how do you develop an actual plan? Now you've got all of this analysis that you've conducted. How do you launch right into it? Mm -hmm. A business continuity plan is really developed after the risk assessment and the business impact analysis completed, as I mentioned earlier. When you have all of that data, 
It helps you understand better what your risks are and what the processes are and when they need to recover, as well as the support that they need. Once you have all of that information, you're ready to create the plan. The plan should clearly define what each process needs to recover, as I said, often called the recovery time objective. That's that rating that we talked about earlier. By defining the recovery time objective, sometimes called an RTO, you can understand one way of thinking about it is the maximum downtime that that particular process has before having a severe impact on operations and to the rest of the company. By using some type of rating system, it allows your company to understand which processes need to be recovered first. Using this type of process is helpful so that you can expend resources where they're needed first and then cascade help to other processes as they come back online over time. Um, saying it simply, this enables you to help the most critical processes to come back soonest and then others when they are needed. Excellent. Also, business continuity includes um, your emergency actions for a crisis when the outage happens. In the plan, it should list your procedures for crisis management and for recovery from the business interruption. A key part of the business continuity plan outlines your strategies for response and recovery. It captures what tools you'll need to do that. It could be your applications or systems and who you need to help do that throughout the process. Um, in the plan, you should also list internal and external contacts. This is key, along with creating a crisis communication protocol. Those are some of the very basics that are good to have in the plan. Once you develop that plan, it's a living document. To be effective, it should be updated and exercised regularly. You can decide what schedule works best for you, but I recommend that you do it at least once a year, possibly more for your critical operations. Okay, so that's interesting. Uh, Ashley, tell me a little bit more. We've talked a lot about processes and applications. What about the human element? We're also planning for continuity around people, are we not? Absolutely. And in fact, people come first. As much as we're talking about bringing back in the operations in the business, um, really, if you don't have the people to do that work, then none of the rest of what you've done matters. Um, so really in planning, you should be thinking of people first and to take a broad stroke at that. You know, it's your employees, it's your customers, it could be visitors you have. If you have on-site locations, um, you really should be thinking about your partners and your stakeholders. Yep, definitely we put people first and their okay. safety and security is very important. So I shouldn't be running out of the office with my yoga mat on fire and no laptop computer in hand or access to the VPN um, as water starts to trickle in the front door. We <laughs> should, I have already should have planned for an eventuality like this mm -hmm. and have a protocol that I practiced following and can methodically and systematically prepare to leave the office for a number of days and still potentially have um, the opportunity to work remotely. Absolutely, absolutely. You should be thinking about a variety of things. Um, what happens if your location, if you have a physical location, whether it's an office, if you're a remote worker, or whether it's a physical you know, office building that you're working in, um, you should be planning for that. You should be planning for, as you said earlier, what happens to the people. You should be planning for what happens if one of your key vendors has um, a crisis as well. And then we'd like to plan also for 
what happens if your tools go down. So technology is a huge part of what we do today and very few of us can work without our tools um, of some sort. So you want to plan for if, what happens if your applications or systems can't be accessed as well. Those are all wonderful points. Thank you. Um, so most of us have heard, as I just referenced, um, of, of the threats associated with weather. Um, and New England is, is not shy um, from dealing with all manner of storms and, and hurricanes and blizzards and so on and so forth. And in the seaport, we hear um, lots of talk these days about um, flooding and uh, managing for business operations to continue during those kind of scenarios is critically important. What other threats should we be thinking about that maybe we're not yet, mm -hmm. based on this conversation, that could come our way? Well, just to give a quick example, um, you know, to talk about severe weather, we often, in New England, think about our snowstorms and nor'easters. And um, something that was experienced recently was a little bit of a different spin. And it was a storm that we knew was going to be big, but um, no one really thought it was going to be as big as some of the nor'easters that we see coming in. And it happened. And the interesting outcome of that storm, besides just the nasty weather, was that it caused network outages for some uh, companies. So that was a different way or a different spin to think about severe weather because even though severe weather was the genesis, it was the outcome of having downtime for your networks um, that really caused a, a big problem. Mm, very interesting. So I think overall understanding your risks to business operations is really vital to maintaining an effective business continuity program. Excellent. It is definitely helpful to get risk and crisis information from a variety of sources. So if you have a risk committee at your company, it is important to participate so that you have an understanding of how other business units are looking at risk. And then you're also able to help inform them um, about things from a business continuity perspective. It's also important to keep up with industry trends as well. Um, I'd advise that you categorize and rank your risk as part of your assessment. On an ongoing basis, you'll want to monitor, assess, and react as needed to threats or events that could or do impact your organization. Your risk rating should also be updated over time as situation and your organization changes. The good thing is that there are a variety of sources out there to help you do this, including social media alerts, vendors, as well as both internal and external networks. Wonderful. So let's leave our listeners today, Ashley, with three top tips for business continuity planning. My first tip would be to say that business continuity planning can seem complex, as you said a little while uh, before, as it has its own jargon and processes. My advice really is to keep it simple, especially if you haven't created a plan before. Really, a good plan is one that anyone can pick up and follow. My second tip is that business continuity planning is not a project, as some people would like it to be, but it's really an ongoing process. To be successful, you should establish it as a program within your company. A plan or your program needs maintenance, and you need to update your plan to keep it relevant, or plans. <laughs> Just like your organizational processes change and adjust over time, your business continuity plan should change along with it. Letting your plan get dusty on a shelf somewhere won't help you be prepared for a crisis event or recover effectively. 
An example of this is that when I first got to Liberty Mutual some years ago, the major concern that most of the organization had is what to do if they lost their location. Because the way the business was being conducted then, most of the organization would need to move to an alternate office space to recover. Today, we have a much more flexible uh, work environment, um, mainly due to a lot of the technology and culture changes, so that many folks work inside and outside of the office, they're traveling, they're on, their go on the go. Um, so a real change is that many of us can recover, as you referenced earlier, from working from home or maybe working at a Starbucks or somewhere we can get access to VPN and then continue. The third tip I have is to build resilience. Try to engage your entire company in some manner in business continuity planning. At minimum, I advise that you share an overview of the plan with all of your employees so that they know what to do in times of crisis and who is responsible for what. The best thing is to involve all of them in the planning process. Conduct exercises with your employees and ask for their feedback on how to improve your plan after crisis event happens. This is all wonderful advice. You know, I particularly like the idea that it's a living document. I can think about a number of instances with the speed in which our technology changes, um, the rapid rate that organizations move from location to the location um, as being two easy and simple ways to think about how the document would need to change and adapt um, to those circumstances, but I'm sure there Definitely. are dozens that take place in any given year um, that require adjustment, modification, and then retraining of all of the uh, affected parties and, and departments within the organization. So these are all wonderful tips. Um, I really want to thank you, Ashley, for being here with me today and for sharing with us um, this important information on ensuring your company and its employees survive and thrive during temporary interruptions to operations. You can view our website to read Ashley's full bio and to review her tips and additional resources she recommends for learning how to create a business continuity plan and remain abreast of trends. I'm your host, Jackie Falla, and this is FM Forward, where if you're an FM, buildings are assets, and it's your job to keep people happy, or at least happily working. Goodbye. We want to thank you for listening today. Visit ifmaboston.org slash podcast to see all of the show notes and any resources discussed in the episode. I'm your host, Jackie Falla, and this is FM Forward, where if you're an FM, buildings are assets, and it's your job to keep people happy, or at least happily working. Until next time.